Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. Turn with us to 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse number 11. In 2 Corinthians 2, verse number 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. I want to preach on the subject, some dangers to the soul. We are living in extremely dangerous times, and I believe that that is self-evident. There are physical dangers, there's mental dangers, and There's also spiritual dangers which are of the worst sort known to mankind. I don't know how you feel about it, but I appreciate a person who warns me of physical danger. We all do, don't we? Someone that warns us of physical danger. But sometimes we become offended at those that do us greater service by warning us of spiritual dangers. And that's what I want to talk to you about. First of all, it's dangerous to reason with the devil. That's exactly what got the man of God in trouble in the word of God, a man by the name of Judas in Matthew 26, 15. And they said unto him, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted with him for 30 pieces of silver. This is what gets people in trouble. They begin to reason with the devil. Don't even reason with the devil whatsoever because you can't believe the devil. You know that's what got Eve in trouble? Eve reasoned with the devil. I believe that David would have never sinned if he hadn't reasoned with the devil. I like Daniel in the word of God. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that he drank. Someone might ask the question, how does an individual reason with the devil? Well, the devil can bring thoughts to our mind and bring suggestions to our mind, but also we could reason with the devil by listening to some Babylonian preacher on the radio as he brings forth some teaching that you have never heard before. If you're not careful, you'll begin to reason along those lines. Uh, Sometimes people reason with the devil when they reason with unsaved members of the family a brother or a sister, a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandpa, grandma. We all have relation that's not saved or in false religion. And if we're not careful, we'll reason with the devil by reasoning with them and listen to things that can draw us away from Christ and away from duty. Uh, Secondly, it's dangerous to date or marry an unbeliever. But I will tell you what the Bible says about that. 
in 2 Corinthians the sixth chapter and verse number 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I've studied it out before. There's at least 100 scriptures in the Bible that warn us against the danger of dating or marrying an unbeliever. So that's certainly not wrong to have a desire to have a companion because God gave us that desire. But I tell you, friend, you better be sure and get the right one because there's a lot of folks today that's married and wish they'd never gotten married because they've got themselves into a mess. And the reason they got themselves into a mess is because they didn't go by the plain word of God and they started dating an unbeliever and end up marrying an unbeliever. And I know it starts out and you say, well, I'm not gonna marry them until they get straightened out. But my friend, before you know it, you feel like you've fallen in love with him and you feel like you've fallen in love with her and you can't live without him. And so you go ahead and you think, well, when we get married, I'm gonna be able to win him over. When we get married, I'll be able to win her over. But many times it doesn't work that way. And friend, I can take you to a lot of brothers. I can take you to a lot of sisters that made this mistake. They married someone that was not saved or else, dear ones, they married someone that professed saved but was in another church somewhere, in another uh, a Babylonian church or a compromising congregation. And friend, they've got some horror stories to tell. Because I tell you what happens, pretty soon, this individual will begin to say, well, I want you to go to the world with me. I want you to go do the things that I do. I want a wife that'll do what I want to do. And you say, no, I'm going to go to church. I want to do what's right. And they'll say eventually, many times, well, if you won't do what I want to do, then I'm going to find somebody that'll do what I want to do. Now, my friend, you're under a great temptation to compromise because you want to save your marriage and by now, possibly, there's children involved. And it makes for a terrible situation. Amen. Amen. Friend, a sinner loves darkness. A Christian loves light. A Christian loves holiness. A sinner loves sin. Amen. A sinner loves the devil. We love God. Amen. A sinner loves the world. And we do not love the world. So when it comes right down to it, friend, a Christian really don't have that much in common with an unbeliever. And this is what the Bible is teaching. You just can't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Let me tell you, there's people that will act like they're a Christian to get a good Christian girl or a good Christian boy. They'll play along. 
It doesn't pay to date or marry an unbeliever. Get it out of your mind. Not only an unbeliever. You need to be able to agree on the truths of God's eternal word. It's a sad thing, and friend, I'm faced with it all the time, going and holding revivals where there's a, a brother and a sister that's torn apart because he won't go to church with her and she won't go to church with him, and then children are involved, and it tears the children's heart out because mommy wants the children to go with her and daddy wants the children to go with him. I'm telling you, friend, it's a dangerous thing to date or marry an unbeliever. Amen. Wait on the Lord. Let God give you a good companion. All right. We need to realize there's some dangers to the soul. It's dangerous to reject light. Not to walk in light is a dangerous thing. That's why the word of God says, walk in the light while you have it, lest darkness come upon you. If I don't walk in the light that God's given me, God's not gonna give me any more light. And my friend, what I'm gonna do is end up going right into darkness. We must walk in the light of God's eternal word. The Bible says in the book of the Hebrews and the fourth chapter and verse number two, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I believe that we mix faith and what we hear when we act upon it, when we're obedient to the word of God. Friend, let's not be just hearers of the word, let's be doers of the word of God because the Bible says if any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, this man deceives himself. Yeah. Then the Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? I tell you, it's great darkness. And then my friend, what happens when a person won't walk in the light? There's a strong delusion involved because some men receive not a love for the truth of this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Amen. Friend, if we don't walk in the light, that means we don't love the truth and we're end up being sent a strong delusion. Then it's dangerous. I'm talking about dangerous to backslide and remain in that condition. I fear that there's backsliders that does not realize how dangerous it is to backslide. It's a fearful thing to turn your back on God, to lose out with God. Friend, it's a fearful scriptures we read in the book of 2 Peter, the second chapter, and verse number 21. For it had been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. The word of God says, listen, you would have been better off never to have gotten saved to begin with than after you've got saved to turn from the holy commandment. It's a dangerous thing to backslide and remain in that condition. Yes, dear ones, of how much sore punishment 
suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, count the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and done despite unto the Spirit of grace. It counts the blood of the covenant an unholy thing when a person backslides. It puts you to an open shame. It puts Christ to an open shame. And listen to me, backslider, don't ever get the attitude that you can just be restored any time that you want to. Because I believe that there's a lot of people that left Father's house and they intended when they left to come back someday, but for some reason or some, some cause, they've never been able to find it back to Father's house. So if you've left Father's house, while you've got the opportunity, you need to come home to God, get back where you ought to be. Because dear ones, listen to me, how important it is never to turn our back on him and fall into his hands. I'm talking about the hands of a righteous avenging judge and sink beneath his uplifted arm forever. Friend, the faithfulness of God is of no avail to unfaithful men. His faithfulness cannot avail for those that disown him. The faithfulness of God did not keep him from being severed from Israel when they committed sin. I'll tell you something else. A lot of people today do not realize how dangerous it is to become lukewarm. My Savior tells me in the book of Revelation, the third chapter, I would that thou were either cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Lukewarmness produces a cold, critical spirit. It leads to worldliness and forsaking Christ like Demas. It opens avenues for greater wrongs to enter like germs into the body. Our vitality and strength is sapped. Lukewarmness is a place where love is professed but where it does not exist, where vows have been assumed which are not fulfilled. And I'm telling you, Christ has not changed his mind about lukewarmness one bit. God hates lukewarmness and lethargy as much as he ever did. And the word of God still holds true where the Bible says, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. It's dangerous to become lukewarm. One of the greatest blessings of life is clearness of vision, spiritually speaking. Lukewarm people many times do not see their true condition. It's dangerous to become careless in our experience. A dangerous thing. We're told in God's word to watch. And often a child of God feels that he's past the point of being ensnared by a certain sin. Oh, but we much watch whether you experience increasing profit in reading God's word or do we have to force ourselves to do so? Watch to see whether you have to force yourself to come to the house of God or is there a hungering and thirsting down in your soul to be in the house of God and have fellowship with God's people. Discover whether the things of the world 
are gaining a firmer and fuller hold on you or are they increasingly losing their charm at the return of Christ I believe many professing professing Christians will be engaged in the business of this world thoughtless about eternity not expecting Christ approach we as Christians should ever be watchful and they or not should lose no time to be ready for in such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. He's coming soon, he's coming suddenly. You're gonna find a lot of people sleeping. I wanna tell you something else. Just a couple more thoughts. It's dangerous to live in sin. Oh, it's dangerous to live in sin because the wages of sin is death. Sin bringeth forth death. It's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because if you die in your sins, you can't go to be with Christ. According to the Bible in St. John, the eighth chapter, therefore it's dangerous to live in sin. Last but not least, it's dangerous to reject the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Spirit of God. But friend, it's dangerous to reject the Spirit of God. I can tell by the countenance on people's face lots of times how they move around. They're resisting God's Spirit. I wish I could help you to see how dangerous it is to resist God's Spirit. Somebody said, why? Because St. John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. I believe with all my heart that every refusal makes it harder to surrender the next time. That's a serious thought. Every refusal makes it harder to surrender the next time. Day by day, we must listen to God. And if we'll listen to God as Christians, his voice will become clearer and clearer. But if we fail to listen to God, if we fail to obey that small, still voice, his voice will become fainter and fainter until we cannot hear it all. The natural tendency of the heart, if we neglect it, if we keep it from the softening influences of the word and spirit, is hardness. That's what will happen to your heart if you keep it away from the softening influences of the Word and the Spirit and the blood of Christ. When you resist God's Holy Spirit, you pervert the faculties of the soul. The greatest sin of all is the rejection of the Holy Spirit. Because, well, that's the other thing that can never be forgiven. If God's Spirit quit striving with us after He's dealt with us, after He's dealt with us, I've called and you refused to answer. I stretched out my hand. You regarded it not. God said, I'll laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your fear comes. It's a dangerous thing to reject the Holy Ghost. You can so harden your heart that'll set you outreach the grace and mercy of God. 
The people in Noah's day, sin and rejection of the Holy Spirit become so great that God withdrew his spirit in conviction. I'm convinced with all of my heart, if God would do that to an entire generation of people, what does people think will keep God from doing that to individuals, some of which has been raised in church. You've went to church all your life, service after service, service after service, and you continue week after week, month after month, year after year. Resist God's spirit. My prayer for each one of you who are not saved, and my prayer for those of you as Christians, that God's been dealing with you. There's some things you need to make right. There's some things you need to lay aside. There's some light that you need to walk in. There's some need that you have in your soul. My prayer for you is that you will not reject the call of the Spirit until God takes the Spirit away. Don't wait until your soul becomes deafened to the tender call of God's Spirit. And I believe that can happen to both sinner and Christian. We can become deafened to the tender call of God's Spirit. When we're in a service and the Spirit of God speaks to you and shows you you have a need, you need to listen to that voice. You need to obey that voice and get that need met in your heart and life. And it's dangerous not to listen to that still, small voice. And many times it's the trick of the devil to say, I'm going to pray about this when I get home. No, I believe you ought to pray about it in the house of God where God is dealing with you because you're going to get home and you're going to get busy and the conviction's not going to be there and you're going to end up not praying about the very thing that God spoke to your heart about. Matters not what age that man has lived in, there is a sin where there's no remedy offered when man has turned down his only hope. There's no forgiveness for faithfully resisting the Holy Ghost. The time will come when it will no longer be an accepted time with God. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. But that means the time will come when it will no longer be an accepted time with God. So the only safety to spiritual danger is to get into Christ, our refuge, and remain there. Then we can stand the present and we can face the future. Amen. These are some dangers. The list could be much longer, but these are some dangers to the soul. Now I'm going to ask this of you. Do what God tells you to do. Let's listen to God. Let's let him have his way with our lives. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time. Keep living the good life.